to get in the water. The water could be cold. We know we should be in the water. We actually desire to swim. So what do we do? The same is true with our faith. Jesus has changed our lives by his love and power. And we know that the world needs to know that too. So what do we do? We have to go for it. We dive right in. We need to run, leap, cannonball. Thank you. Uh, my name is Stephen. I'm lead pastor of Axis Church, and yes, I'm wearing a floaty, all right? And I'm re wearing it for a reason, a very important reason today. I, uh, I love summer. We're in the end of summertime, and I love uh, going to a pool party. How many of you like a good pool party? You like a, enjoy, enjoy a good pool party? Back in 2017, when we uh, bought our house, we decided we wanted to have a pool, and there was a very important reason, because we like Pool parties, and what I've noticed over the years are there are five types of people who go to a pool party, all right? See if you recognize these uh, types of people. The first type of people who go to a pool party, you invite them to the pool party, they tell you they're going to go to the pool party, and then what happens? They don't go to the pool party. Like, you invite them over, you say, we'd like to have you there, but they say, we're going to be there, and then in the end of the day, they don't go. They're just reluctant to show up. They don't show up at all. The second type of people who go to a pool party are people who say they're going to go. They go, but when they arrive, guess what? They don't have a swimsuit on. They have zero intention of getting into the pool. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you are like that person right there, all right? I'm going to go to the pool party, but I am not going to get in the pool at all. I'm just going to stay on the patio. They just want to observe. They just want to be close enough. They want to be kind of part of it. They want to enjoy watching other people but they don't want to get actually into the pool. Then there's another group of people, and I actually have some respect for these people. They're the ones who come up to the water. They take a look at it, and they say, that looks kind of cold. And they stick a toe in there, and they go, ooh, it is actually cold. And they think, I don't know if I'm going to get in or not, but I'm just kind of testing it out. And those people I actually kind of respect a little bit because at least they're there. They're trying they're attempting uh, to get into the pool, and then eventually they're going to get in the pool. There's another group of people that are there, and maybe this is you. Some of you guys, when you get in a pool, you, you're there. You've got a swimsuit on. You've, you don't stick just a toe in. You stick your feet in, but then guess what you do? You sit on the side of the pool, and you just say, well, you know what? I'm just going to hang out right here all day with my friends. I just want to stay comfortable I'm not actually going to get into the pool. How many of you are like that? Raise your hand if you're like that. I forgot to ask, how many of you are toe stickers? Anybody like that in here, a toe sticker? You know the kind of people that I like, though? I like the people that when they see a pool, they look at that pool with excitement, and they say, I'm going to get in with all the gusto in the world. And they just take off, and they run, and they leap, and they bring their knees in, and that's not good enough. They have to scream out so everybody knows it is coming. What do they scream? Cannonball! And they want water to splash on everybody else because they want everybody else to be part of the party. 
Now, today, we're going to start a new series called Cannonball, all right? I'll take my glasses off so you guys can actually see my eyes. And, uh, and, and we're going to talk about getting into the water, okay? We're going to talk about what it means. And can I just ask you guys this question? When was the last time you did an epic can- cannonball? When was the last time you showed up somewhere and you said, I'm all in? You, you, just, you went in with all the gusto that you can have. I'm talking both knees up like a splash in the water that's going to hit somebody else. I'm talking about you yelled out cannonball, you went into the pool with all the excitement in the world. When was the last time you embraced the pool like that? When was the last time you embraced life like that? When was the last time you embraced life with Jesus like that? Today we're going to start a new four-week series that we're calling Cannonball, and we're talking about kind of that kind of life that Jesus has for you and for me. Jesus just doesn't want us to dip our toe in. He wants us to go all in. He wants us to cannonball in following him with our lives. Like Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. In other words, what he did for you. How many of you are grateful that Jesus Christ didn't sit on the patio? Amen? I mean, how many of you are grateful that he didn't just stick a toe in, he left heaven came to earth, said, I'm going to give my all, 100% sacrifice. I'm going to cannonball, and I'm going to give everything I've got for them. And he says, in view of that, that you need to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That is worship. When you offer your whole self and you say, I'm all in, in view of what Jesus did for us, where he was 100%, how can we not be 100%? Jesus' desire for you is not that you just stick a toe in the water or that you just kind of show up or maybe you say you're going to show up but you don't actually show up or maybe you just sit in your comfort zone and say, I'm just going to kind of hang out here. Just don't splash me. I don't want to get too wet. I don't want to immerse myself in the water. I'm just going to be here. Listen, in light of what Jesus did for us, in light of the fact that he was 100% in for us, how can we be anything less? And, And we are so glad today that he has called us to this place and said, I want you all in. And I want to talk today to those of you, if you're the kind of person who just shows up but has no interest in jumping in. You observe, you're here, you kind of watch, but you don't have interest in jumping in. I want to talk to those of you today that if you're a person that sits on the edge of the pool, you just want to stay in your comfort zone. You like a little bit of scripture, you like a little bit of Bible verses, a little bit of, uh, you may give a little bit, you may serve if you feel guilty enough, and maybe you're just kind of, kind of feeling in your comfort zone. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to those of you today, if you're the person that's right on the edge, and you're sticking your toe in, and I want to tell you, I respect you, because there comes a time where you have to kind of try it out, kind of find out, what do I, what do I know, what do I want to learn, what do I, I need to find out about the Lord. Okay, and, and totally respect that. But we eventually want you to get to a place where you go all in, all right? And those of you who are all in, then what, what we're going to do today is just encourage you to keep up that behavior. And what we're going to do is look at a passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20, and then the next couple verses after that. And I'm going to encourage you. And we're going to read this story, and we're going to find out how Jesus called his first disciples and how they reacted, all right? Here's what it says. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. 
Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and they followed him. If you've been around Axis Church at all, you've heard that verse over and over and over and over because that verse captures who we are as a church. And if you talk about a cannonball, here's these disciples, they're out fishing, Jesus walks by, says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they go, all right, drop their nets and we're in. Talk about jumping all in with Jesus. But it wasn't just Simon and Andrew, look who else it was. Verse 21, and from there he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left their nets and their father, and they followed him. That's a cannonball. Immediately, they left their nets and their daddy, and they followed Jesus. That's a cannonball. And you think, man, I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, how, you have to think, what, did, what was so great about Jesus that suddenly when he called them, they said, we're in. There must have been something so amazing about his leadership, about who he was, that they would just say, we're going to leave our dad and our business, and we're going to follow Jesus. You might read that and say, how could they just drop everything? But that is a cannonball. That's a cannonball. These guys dropped it all so that they might follow Jesus. They took the leap off the edge. They followed him. And here's what what I want to do today. I want to set up the themes for the next three weeks. And I want to tell you, when you jump into a relationship with Jesus, what's in it for you, okay? But by the way, when I describe these three big ideas, I want you to know that this church has embraced these ideas from the very beginning, before we even started with public gatherings. Uh, back in 2009. And we prayed about, God, what kind of church do you want us to have? God, what do you want us to emphasize? God, what, we don't want to just focus on the tradition of the church or things that other people did. We want to say, what, what, what is Axis going to be like? What is the water that Axis is going to swim in? What is our culture? And from the very beginning of Axis Church, we wanted to start a Jesus church. And what I mean by that is that this church is not led by a person or an organization or a hierarchy, this church, even though different people have different roles, this church is led by Jesus Christ. What I mean by that is, when he sets the vision, we follow the plan. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If he said this is what you do, that's what we're going to do. And and so we said, well, what did he do in the New Testament? And so what we said was we sat down and just prayed, God, what kind of church do you want in Warren County? We dreamed about and planned for a new church, and we wanted to reflect the vision and the values that Jesus established. Jesus is the leader. And so he said, what did he do? And we looked at what he did when he first called his disciples. And we went back to the very beginning when he first invited his disciples to follow him and what kind of, what kind of elements were part of that invitation. And, uh, and so that's what I'm going to teach you today. By the way, if you come to my pool, there are some things in the water, okay? One thing that's in the water is some additional floaties that are floating on the water today. They're They're there. The second thing that's there is chlorine is in the water. How many of you are grateful for that, right? Uh, the next thing that's in the water is that we have algicide in the water. I've had more trouble with algae this year than any other year in the history of our pool. More trouble with algae. And so one time before you guys came over for a pool party, I poured an entire bottle of algicide in there, so much so that when little kids would jump in the pool, the pool would like bubble up from underneath. There were bubbles everywhere in the pool. And uh, I think I overdid it, but at least it didn't have algae in it. You know what I'm saying? And because we've had kids in our pool, guess what else is in our pool? 
That's right, peas in our pool, all right? Not every culture is positive, all right? There's always something negative in a culture, and there's always something that we need to work on or change or adapt. And so what I'm going to do today is talk to you about what's in the water at Access Church, okay? What's in the water at Access Church? What is our culture? What are we about? And when you jump in, all in with Jesus, here's what's going to happen. Number one, life change is in the water. Jesus said to Peter and James and John, come follow me and I will make you. You know what that means? Jesus is saying, I'm going to change you. If you follow me, guys, your life is never going to be the same. And I want to tell you something very interesting about one of the followers of Jesus named Simon. Remember, he said, as Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew. Some of their backstory is told in John chapter 1, verse 41. It says the, very, the first thing that Andrew did after he encountered Jesus was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah. That's the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. You know what that tells me? Two things. Number one, Andrew and Simon were looking for Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah. They were on the lookout for him. They were looking for him. They were waiting for him. They couldn't wait to see him. Yeah, they were religious. They had gone to the synagogues, but they were looking for the Messiah. They were hovering all around it, and then suddenly Jesus Christ showed up. And some of you are standing right there. You're hovering around the church. You're hovering around the Bible. You've done some spiritual things, or you've done some religious things in your life, but you haven't quite found it yet. And when Andrew said to Simon, I found him, Simon responded. And what I want to tell you guys today is, man, I, I, I don't have it all together in this life, but I do know one thing. I, I have found the Messiah. I know Christ, and he is not a religion. He is not just another place. He is a person that is life-changing. He is God in the flesh. And if you want to get to know Christ, we can help you get to know and be introduced to the Savior of the world who loves you so much that there is nothing that you and I can ever do to separate you from the love that is found in Christ Jesus. I know him, and you can know him too. And I was introduced to him by somebody in my life who said, I found him, and I want you to know him. And so Jesus looked straight at him, and he said, Simon, hmm, I know what people call you. In fact, the name Simon has a lot of different meanings, it seems like, in Scripture. Some say it means, like, to be a hearer. Uh, uh, one version of the name Simon means little hyena. Now, that's not a positive name for your kid, is it? Little hyena? And uh, maybe I think that maybe Simon was a guy who stuck his foot in his mouth a lot. Maybe he's a bit unstable. I, I don't know. Maybe some people saw him as a little hyena, and maybe he laughed all the time. I'm not sure, but I do know what Jesus called him. He said, Simon, from now on, you're not going to be a little hyena anymore. You're going to be Peter. Your name means rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And, and I love that he sees potential in Peter. And he looks at him and says, I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you a new identity. Before I give you a job, before I give you a calling, I'm going to change your name. And I think he says the same thing to all of us. As we walk in here today, the, when you are changed by Christ, when you 
receive Christ and you are changed by him, he looks at you and says, I don't care what your spouse says about you if it was negative. I don't care what your parents said about you if it was negative. I don't care what your coworkers say or somebody on the playground says or somebody in the schoolyard says. The bottom line is, you're a child of God. You are my child. And I receive you and I want you to receive me and I'm going to change you and we're going to change who you are. We're going to make you better. And you say, man, I, I don't know because sometimes I, I don't feel worthy and sometimes I don't feel like I have a good reputation. And sometimes you say, well, I, I don't know if what people think about me. And Jesus says, none of that matters right now. I'm going to call you rock, Peter. I, I see something in you. And again, listen, Jesus Christ changes us. He gives us hope. He gives us a future. When you choose to follow Jesus, just like these first disciples did, you will never be the same. And by the way, in a couple weeks, we're going to take a pool. Not this pool. It'll be a little bigger. And we're going to go out of the parking lot. And we're going to have an opportunity for some of you guys to be baptized into Christ. And what you're doing in that moment is telling the world that I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm going to die to my old ways. I'm going to be raised to new life. And I would just love it if one of you guys just did a cannonball in there. All right, that would be just great. Just jump in the water, and then we have an opportunity to baptize you. It's an opportunity for you to say to the world here on August 27th at both campuses that we have decided to follow Jesus. Life change is in the water. The second thing is in the water that I just really love is relationships are in the water. Remember what, Matthew, what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 22? Uh, actually, it says Jesus called, when it came to John and James, he called them. And I love that. Because he never calls us to jump alone. One of the things I love watching at a pool party, if you guys have been to a pool party, you've seen this, when there is a little kid on the edge of the pool, and they're looking at the water, and they're kind of teetering, and they're not sure if they want to jump in or not. They think they do, but they're afraid to jump in. And on the other side of the pool is guess who? Their parents saying, come on, you can do it. Jump in. You can do it. You can make it. Jump in. I'll catch you. And on the other side of the pool, the little kid's going, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. I'm too afraid to jump in. All right, you guys have seen this moment. In fact, you've probably been a part of this moment. And the, the, the parent is saying, please jump. You can do it. You can make it. And, and guess what? Oftentimes, more often than not, it's, it's, it's a lot of times not based on the parent alone, but sometimes another kid, a friend of theirs, will just all of a sudden go, I'm in, and they go, if, if that person can do it, I can do it, right? In fact, I saw this at my house uh, just three weeks ago when uh, there were several people at my house, Connor who preached last week. You guys appreciate Connor's message last week, our Middletown campus pastor, amen? And he came in, okay, no, you didn't appreciate it. That's fine, you can respond. Yeah, woo, all right, good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Often I'm gonna tell him you cheered loudly, and it was amazing, the standing ovation. But anyway, um, so uh, when, when he had his kid there, his kid named Titus, all right? And Titus is there, and he's got his floaties on. He's ready to go. He's going to get in the pool. He's ready to get in the pool. Here we go. It's exciting. I'm going to get in the pool. In the meantime, people in the pool are like, come on, you can do it. You can make it. You can do it. And he's like, I don't think I can. Yeah, you can. You can do it. And suddenly, Josh and Jess, his little boy Jude, with like floaties and all, he's just like, <laughs> jumps in the water. And suddenly, you saw the look in Titus's eyes, and he goes, if he can do it, I can do it too. And he gets off the, the board and he jumps into the water. And this is one of the things that I love about the church. Because our Father is calling us to jump. 
That's what is so beautiful to me. He's like, you can jump in my direction, and I'm the Father. His, he holds his arms up and says, don't worry. I'll catch you. I'm with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. You're my child. You're my dear one. Come on. You can do it. Come to me. All you are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will lift you up. Don't be anxious about anything. Our Father is cheering us on. And that would be good enough, wouldn't it? But not only that, you also get to swim with your friends. It's a big bonus. I, I think it was a couple summers ago that I shared with you all how much I love watching you together. I go to summer gatherings or parties or what have you, and, and everywhere I go, it seems like there's people from Axis Church or maybe from CrossFit or maybe from something else that we've been involved in. And I, and I watch these people, and they're connecting with each other. And I love that because I'm looking at them I'm like, that, those people would have never met each other, and their kids are playing together. They're going to be lifelong friends, and I see it at different places all the time where people have connected, and they're building relationship with each other, and they met right, right, at, right at the church where they got to know each other. I love the fact that God not only says, come jump, but you don't have to jump alone. John 15, verse 12 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you, Jesus said. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for, for his friends. Over and over in the scripture, we're encouraged to encourage one another, forgive one another, spur one another on. The Bible has a lot to say about friendship. Iron sharpens iron. You're not in this alone. Jesus didn't just call individuals. He called them together. And friends, we are in this together. We should support each other, encourage each other, and laugh with each other. When you guys leave this week, you're like, what happened at church? I don't know, but they had a pool, and my pastor wore a floaty. It was the craziest thing ever, and we laugh together, and we enjoy each other. There's so much difficulty in the world. Sometimes it's just good to be encouraged, and it? Sometimes it's just good to be uplifted and refreshed, and so as part of this series, we're talking about going all in. Not only are you going to have an opportunity to say, I want to be baptized into Christ, to, to be chosen and to follow and to receive him and to be changed by him, you're also going to have an opportunity to build relationships. And so the backbone of what we do here at Axis has always been community groups. And what you're doing in a community group is you're joining arm in arm with a group of people and saying, we're going to love each other, we're going to support each other, we're going to encourage each other, and we're going to help reach other people for Christ. That's what we're going to do. We have to find ways to reach other people. And let me just say this for just a moment. We have done a really good job gathering together. But what we need to work on is locking arms together and helping other people join the party, all right? So this year, we're going to be talking a lot about helping other people be invited to the party. I mean, who wants to go to a pool party alone? That's kind of boring. But we want to invite people in. We want to invite people into the kingdom of God so that then they can be all in. And we're going to be focusing more on that this, this year. But here's the third thing that I see in this. There's life change in the water there's relationships in the water, and there's purpose in the water. Uh, chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus said, Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and they followed him. Purpose. Jesus said, If you follow me, I'll give you a new mission. And, and right now you fish for stinky fish, but I will make you fish for men. I'll give you a greater purpose. Now, in the first century culture, uh, the people went to their local synagogues. And at that synagogue, they had a school. And in that school, the, the 
the, the boys would memorize Scripture, and they would memorize the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And all the rabbis would be watching to see which one would rise to the top, which would be the cream of the crop, which would be the one that would be good at memorizing who could know more and who could be more like the rabbi so that then maybe that child could become a rabbi eventually as well. They'd be an apprentice. And as they got older, they began to memorize more scripture. And they would memorize the poetic books and the historical books. And they would memorize more. And all the while, the rabbis are watching who's going to rise to the cream of the crop. They were looking for somebody who would be their disciple. And that disciple then would drop everything and would follow that rabbi. And if you weren't the best of the best, then, then many of them went back into the family business they would become leather workers or carpenters or fishermen. And so when Jesus walked on that shore that day, and there's a little speculation here from me, but I just can see when Jesus walks back on that shore, he's looking at a group of guys who didn't quite make the cut. I mean, he's looking at a group of guys that are in the boat, they're back in the family business, and he's looking at those guys, and, and most of the world would look at those guys and say, no, nah, they didn't make it, they're not, they're not quite there we're just going to move on. But Jesus looks at the boat and says, that's exactly who I want. I want those guys. They're fishing. They're back at the family business. He looks at them and says, I want you. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And I, I love that. I love it because it, it says that Jesus uses the weak. Jesus sees potential in those who feel less than. Jesus chooses people who don't make the cut to, to be part of something greater. Maybe today you're like, hey, I don't make the cut morally. I'm just not that great of a person. Man, just read through the scripture how many times Jesus looked at somebody like that and said, hey, come follow me. I'll change you. You'll be better, and I would love to use you. Jesus chooses you if you don't have, maybe you say, I don't have a lot of great intelligence. I wasn't great academically. Jesus is like, that's okay. I'm going to give you the mind of Christ. Jesus chooses you, and, and you say, but I don't have a lot. I got a lot of weaknesses. I've got some things that I struggle with. And the Bible says, when you're weak, he's strong. And Jesus is reminding the disciples of a couple things. He says, listen, I chose you. I want you on the team. You're, you're allowed. Come on in. I want you to be part of this. And one of my favorite parts of Scripture is right after Jesus dies and resurrects, Peter and John, two of the disciples who were in that first story, now they're being changed. Now they're being used. And they're now in post-resurrection appearances. Now what they're doing is presenting Jesus to the world. And they're courageous and they're bold. And they heal a guy. And then they preach a message. And, and other people look at these individuals and this is what they say about them in verse four, chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that. Ordinary, unschooled, but Jesus changed them and it gave them a purpose. And that's the message that I want you to hear today is that if you have lived your whole life and you feel like I have not made the team, Jesus Christ wants you. Jesus Christ can change you. He can call you. Even if you've never made the cut, you've never done anything right up to, to this point, he can call you to something greater. And I love the scripture that I didn't put on the board, but it's in 1 Corinthians this is what we were at one point. 
He says, brothers and sisters, think about what you used to be. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are, 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 are at the lowest point so that no one would be able to boast before him. In other words, when God does something through you, people look at it and go, there's no way that person did that. God must have done that. That's why he chooses us. And, and, and he says, I'll call, I call you. And not only that, I'm going to change you. I'm going to change your identity I'm going to use the things that you think are weaknesses, and I'm going to turn them around for my strengths. He says, I can use you. I call you. I choose you. I forgive you. I give you grace. And Jesus Christ wants to give you a purpose. And today, I think he's standing on the shore, and he is talking to some of you that are sitting right here today, and he's saying, I went all in for you. I want you to go all in for me. And so today, I really want to talk to some of you guys, those of you who have been invited to the party, and you just don't show up. And, and that happens a lot, it seems like, throughout the year, and, and, and I just I want to tell you, there's so much power in showing up. I, just even to show up to, to worship gathering, there's a lot of power in that, because if you miss it, God might have wanted to do something in your heart, but you missed it. You didn't even know you missed it. The power of showing up, the power of just being there, the power of being here, showing up. And, 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 and so don't just say it, do it, be there. I know you're busy, I'm busy. I know sometimes you don't want to show up. There are times I don't want to show up. Let's just be honest. Sometimes you're like, I want to sleep in, I want to do this, I want to do that, I got something else going on. Just the power of showing up. Just show up, show up to opportunities. Show up to things you're, you're called to do and invited to. Secondly, I would love to talk to those of you who or on the patio. You like to show up, but you're only doing it just to observe. You're just kind of watching what's happening. You're kind of like, I kind of enjoy that. The music was decent. Um, I, really, I really like Connor's message or Josh's message or Stephen wore flip-flops. That was weird. It's beach day. Come on. And uh, that's weird. I don't get that. Whatever. But you're, you think about these things and say, I enjoyed this or I didn't enjoy that. But you're on the patio and, and you have no intention of getting in. And I want you guys, especially in this season, to really move from just observation to, to immersion, to jumping in. Now, for those of you who are sticking your toe in the water, totally appreciate that, totally respect that. Maybe for the very first time in your life, you're going, I don't know. Maybe, I, I'm not sure, I was wounded by a church, or maybe um, I need to, I'm just not sure about the church, I don't even know if I have faith. That's okay. Stick your toe in the water. Let's talk to you. Let's continue to have conversations. We have a class coming up called Starting Point where I kind of lead you through the basics of our faith. There's a, we would love to help you with that, but eventually we want to move you from sticking your toe in the water to jumping all in. Okay? Let's just, that's where we want you to go. Now, can I really talk to a group of you for just a second who are sitting kind of on the sidelines? You're half in, half out. I mean, really, when it comes to it, you're, you're more like this when it comes to the pool. You're kind of just hanging out here. Like, I don't know. I kind of like some of the benefit of the pool, but I kind of want to be out as well. Jesus has something to say about that. In, in the book of Revelation, he said, I want you to either be cold or I want you to be hot 
I want you to be all in, but this idea of straddling the fence or being one foot in the pool, one foot out of the pool, that's not working for me. In fact, Jesus said, that makes me want to throw up. I just want to spit you out of my mouth. I can't stand that duplicitous stuff. So just be in. Just be all in. So I really want to challenge those of you guys who are kind of in this for the comfort zone thing. You want the benefits of Christ. You want all the, all the, the, the kind of the privileges of being in Christ, but you don't want the responsibility of being in Christ. You kind of want to live one foot in the world, one foot in Christ. Can I just encourage you? Will you just jump all in? Just make a decision and jump all in. Be committed to this thing, and let, let's see you go. And by the way, if you are a cannonball kind of a person, can I just encourage you? Keep doing it and make the biggest splash possible so that it ripples all over everybody else and so that those who are actually on the outside of the pool, you're splashing them because they need it. Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? They need it, and they need to be splashed. And I think I might be the only person in this room today. You guys are the quietest church ever. Come on. You know what? I, I tell you what would get you excited. If I had a big pool right here and I just cannonballed in it and we had a splash zone in like the first five rows of Access Church, that would make you guys excited. I guarantee that, all right? Maybe by the end of the series. I don't know. I don't, I don't guarantee it. But if that happened, we'd be all like, yes, that's exciting. Here's the thing. God calls you to something great. Don't forget it. Don't miss out on God's best for your life because you're more likely to sit on the patio. You're more likely to be one foot in, one foot out. And many of you are more likely to not even show up. And he just says to you, come on, I'm all in for you. And in this series, we're going to give you a lot of opportunities to say yes to Christ, yes to his mission, and you, you will never, if you embrace it, you will never be the same. God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you, God, for just allowing us to be part of your family. And God, I pray today that we would do exactly what you've called us. We would embrace the mission. We would say yes to Christ. We would choose to follow you. And that in that, we would be changed. That we'd have a new identity. And that you would take what was weak and you'd make it strong. You would take what maybe didn't make the cut and you would say you're worthy. Let's move forward together. And God, for those who are on the sidelines, I pray that they would jump in. For those who are kind of in and out, I pray that they would jump in. For those who are sticking their toe in the water, totally respect that. And God, we want those people to move from that point of questions, doubt, maybe seeking to a place where they're all in as well. And God, if there are those people today who are cannonballing, I pray they would make the biggest splash ever. They'd invite more people to the party. They'd make a bigger impact in this world. And they would do it in a way that shows all the joy and the enthusiasm that we have in Christ. And we pray this together in the powerful name of Jesus who jumped first.